With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Police confirm they are investigating Wednesday's assault at John Gray High School, while not specifically naming the school, which the Department of Education Services had already identified in its statement yesterday. Police did provide a few more details. They say about 8.30 a.m. on Wednesday, officers responded to the report of the assault that had taken place at a high school gymnasium in Georgetown. Two students reportedly assaulted and injured another student. The student was treated initially on campus and then taken to the hospital for treatment and subsequently discharged. Two juvenile males, meantime, are under arrest on suspicion of assault causing actual bodily harm. They have since been granted bail as the investigation continues. Cross-examination of Crown Council witnesses and evidence continued in Grand Court today where 33-year-old Travis Arlington Ebanks faces two counts of the rape of a young child. Radio Cayman's Jevy Ebanks brings us more. More evidence today from the Crown Council as still photographs taken from the Cayman Islands government CCTV footage are presented in court. A detective constable with the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service testified they were able to identify and follow the movements of a white BMW leaving the area where the suspect works and follow it to the location where it is alleged he committed the crimes. It is alleged on this first occasion that the suspect engaged in sexual acts with a child in a parking lot near the victim's home. The jury also saw photographs showing the vehicle making the same journey in the opposite direction and returning to the area sometime later. The detective constable also testified that the victim was taken on a drive-along to reconfirm the exact locations where the victim says she met the suspect. Defense attorney Parathna Bodden tried to argue that the detective did not follow best practice by not ensuring that the child protection officer was present for the drive-along and failed to record the events of the drive-along. The detective did not concur with the defense counsel, noting that there are occasions in her work where conversations or statements from a young victim would not require the presence of a child protection officer or or for the statement to be recorded. The detective provided the courts with handwritten notes taken from the drive-along. The jury also heard testimony from a digital forensic examiner with the RCIPS regarding messaging data logs from a mobile phone related to the matter. The prosecution's presentation of evidence concluded today. Jevy Ebanks, Radio Cayman News. An additional $4 million is earmarked to cover students on government scholarships. Radio Cayman's Paula Cal has more on this and other decisions taken by the country's leaders during the September 5th cabinet meeting. There were two funding issues dealt with at this meeting. First, cabinet pulled an additional $50,000 from the submarine cable budget. Since May, more than $4.5 million has been siphoned from this budget item by cabinet and redistributed elsewhere. This newest $50,000 reduction is being shifted to the Ministry of Education. Cabinet also gave the green light for a $4 million appropriation for TP30, which covers local and overseas scholarships and bursaries. Otherwise, the meeting agenda was relatively brief, with Cabinet approving the lease of premises for the Royal Cayman Islands Police Services Georgetown Police Station, followed by the review of 2022 annual reports for the Tourism Attraction Board and Cayman Airways Limited. The group then noted several reports from the Economics and Statistics Office, including the 2022 Third Quarter Economic Report, Foreign Trade Statistics Report, Semi-Annual Economic Report, Annual Economic Report, Compendium of Statistics and the Quarterly Trade Statistics Bulletin, January to March 2023. Also from this year, Cabinet reviewed the Labor Force Survey Report, Spring 2023, and the Consumer Price Index Report, April to June. Those reports should be published on ESO.KY in the coming weeks. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paula Cal. You can find the full meeting summary online at gov.ky.
Cabinet has approved the establishment of a Cayman Islands Government Asia office based in Singapore. The office will enhance the business development efforts of the Cayman Islands financial services industry in the region and better capitalize on the many new business opportunities for the Cayman Islands that the Asian region has to offer. Minister for Financial Services and Commerce, the Honorable Andre Ebanks, says the Asia office will promote all facets of the Cayman Islands as well as establishing and nurturing strong public and private sector relations creating effective communication between the Cayman Islands and key countries in Asia and advancing financial services interests as well as all other areas of strategic interest to the islands and generally enhancing the reputation of our islands. Singapore provides a relatively neutral position in the region with very good flight connections from which to launch business development efforts across Asia, a strong concentration of financial services firms, as well as a thriving maritime center that has a synergy with the activities of our maritime authority. After the required administrative filings have completed, the office is expected to have a physical presence in the last quarter of this year. The office is being headed by the government's overseas representative to Asia, Mr. Jean DaCosta. Cayman also has offices in London and Washington. More news on the education front now. As the number of respiratory infections increase across the islands, the Department of Education Services has sent government schools a new policy to help guide their response to a potential outbreak. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more with DES Director Mark Ray. So why the guidance? With the increase of respiratory illnesses being seen in society, the Ministry of Education and Department of Education Services thought it timely to release documentation and guidance on how to treat respiratory illnesses in school settings for government schools. And how did you put the policy together? We consulted with the public health department and got the advice of the chief medical officer, and we amended previous guidance that we would have circulated to schools to make sure that we included all respiratory illnesses and the ways in which we would address and treat those in school settings. It's a silly question, but I mean, what's the idea behind having this respiratory infection guidance in place? The objective, of course, is to minimize any negative impact on teaching and learning for our students and our staff and to make sure that our families are well aware of what is required from public health and what we are putting in place for our schools in the government sector. The hope, ultimately, is that we mitigate any negative impact from these respiratory illnesses circulating within the community. The policy outlines three scenarios to help guide school leaders. Confirmed cases in the community, a suspected case of COVID-19 in government schools, and government school closures necessitating the activation of remote learning. The full document is available online at gov.ky. The Children Educated Out of Year Group policy was also published this week. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin explains. Education Out of Year Group is when the education year grouping to which a child is enrolled is not the year group expected or required relative to their date of birth, and the new national policy sets out the processes that schools and early childhood care and education centers follow if the situation occurs. The policy sets out the rationale for why EOOYG should be, quote, highly exceptional. The ministry says it's of the view that education out of year group, which often happens with a child who is held back, is 
quote, not a solution unto itself, and that EOOYG, without comprehensive jurisdiction, interventions, and a planned program of support, is detrimental in the longer term. On the flip side, the policy says if a gifted child is being looked at to skip a grade, that must also be, quote, demonstrably justifiable in that it serves the child's best interest, does not negatively impact them, and does not disadvantage other children. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. Experience an unforgettable evening of music. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, September 20th at 7 p.m. as one of the Cayman Islands' most talented musicians, cellist Dequan Smith, joins forces with UK pianist Adam Heron for a memorable performance at the John Gray High School Performance Hall. Cayman Arts Festival's Marius Gaina tells Radio Cayman before returning to the UK for another year of studies at the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland, the former winner of the Butterfield Young Musician of the Year, is eager to treat local audiences to another concert. Joining Daquan is his friend Adam Heron, a finalist of the BBC Young Musician 2018, who will accompany him on the piano. Mr. Heron will also showcase his own solo recital on Thursday, September 21st at 6 p.m at the Georgetown Public Library. You won't want to miss this exceptional collaboration. These are two incredible events back-to-back, both promising exceptional performances and musical artistry. For tickets, email inquiries, that's with an E, at caymanartsfestival.com or call 922-5550. That is your latest local news. I'm April Cummings.